comedy. Oh, we live. All right, we live. Yo, welcome to the Beat People podcast. This is episode 41. I got uh, a heavy hit of mob bat crew on, on deck right here. We got Aaron. What's up, Aaron? How you feeling? Good, man. Good, man. Good to have you, yo. Yeah, good to be on. Word. And we got uh, Ken Flux Pierce. That's me. That's me. And Whiskey. We got your sidekick, Whiskey. Over and Whiskey. Here. <laughs> <laughs> like his R2-D2. Calm down. Word. Yeah. We got Lee. What's up, Lee? Hey, not much. Good to be here. Word. Good to have you on, man. And Shiro. What's going on, brother? What up, y'all? Good to be here. Word up. Word. So, yo, let's get started, man. This is a... Uh, um, there's always a lot happening through the week, and, and I want to jump this one off right away with how the hell are we selling op ones op ones for four thousand dollars? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts, man. Real quick, right? So they, they announced, I guess, uh that the op one is gonna be discontinued. I'm of the philosophy that you know, companies like that, you know, people online like, oh, that's it. Teenage engineers is losing. They going, they they going out. <laughs> they, they ain't, come on, that's one of the most popular small yeah. format like desktop yeah. sense that there is like ever. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I agree. You can't even see a beatmaker video without either SP404 or an Op One out here nowadays well me personally Yo, i've never had I don't either think one they're of them selling them for that man i think people are asking that because they heard no. people no. are copping them people are yeah. people are actually really? buying them they're buying really? them in a rush because they believe are people really people are buying them for that price almo shit is real <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really real the elmo shit is real yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's You're really real, all day. <laughs> yeah but from what i hear from what i hear the reason that they discontinued it was because they they no longer make that cell phone screen. Yeah, whatever it, whatever oh, screen they were using in yeah, the OP one, the cool. manufacturers stopped making it. So they're just gonna make an OP two, you know, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, honestly, that screen it's dope, it but gotta source a new screen and figure yeah. out and then too, yeah. that gives them an opportunity to make an mk2 with maybe some additions that people have been wanting over the years you know what i mean that gives them a, a opportunity to revamp that's all it is but it's not going to have that vintage teenage engineering sound though that's that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully we get that emulation you know yeah, yeah, yeah right vintage yeah i don't I, uh, is I, it, I, I just it, thought it was a regular OLED screen. I didn't know it was such a. I didn't well, know it was such it, a very. Um, I'm guessing it's those exact. They need those specific specs, and maybe they can't retrofit the board or whatever else, or maybe yeah, they probably designed around it. So yeah. this part's run its course, and because of that, we're going to let this thing stop. Now we haven't heard anything about an OP1 Mark II or an OP2 or anything like that yet. Hopefully we see it because that's what people have been asking for for forever. Yeah. But they did just drop the OPZ. So yeah. maybe their engineering side, the, the hardware engineering side is ready to, you know, pop something else out. Who knows? Well, like Also, like, Teenage Engineering is teamed up with Ikea. Exactly. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah that's you're right. Not, yeah. You're, not, you're not fucking going away not going and team up yeah. with Ikea. That's, but that's like, what I'm saying. Yo, even even with, with, with the, the <laughs> Ikea thing and, and just the fact that, yo, let's not be foolish. This is teenage engineering, yo. They came out yeah. of nowhere to go with. They dropped this uh -huh. thing. It's it's a very – people don't – you know, this ain't three's company. People don't shut shit down and go out <laughs> of the top like that. 
Well, yeah, what I'm saying though is like, that's, like, IKEA, that's nothing new for them. Like they've been partnering up with people for a while now. Like they've got mm -hmm. home, home speakers and all kinds of other things that they've been doing. Like they're working as an actual design house for a lot of things, which is a smart thing for them to do because they have a great. It is because look at mm -hmm. the aesthetic of it. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm not worried about that. that. And, and a lot of people were saying, oh, well, they've got these support tickets and they've got you know, <laughs> for service issues, blah, blah, blah. Like I've been reading stuff about that. And I'm like, look, yeah. there's, there's always going to be <laughs> that with any company, but right. Especially the smaller ones. The thing that really jumped mm -hmm. out to me about all of this is, Okay, so the screen isn't manufactured anymore. Um, and who knows, maybe there's other parts that they, they've been having trouble getting. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But the thing that screams to me is that people have been asking for a successor for the OP1 for a while now. And they've mm -hmm. been aggressively supporting updates for that thing for a really long time. It would be great to see something new specifically to that OP1 style market, which the OPZ is definitely something different, you know? So can we come to a, a, a consensus too? Because I always feel like I'm I don't know what the hell the thing is called. Is it OP one or is it op one? I thought it was OP. I say both. Well, when this I met them in the thing. They first debuted it, they always called it the OP one. So that's how okay. I heard. So. But it's it's clearly it's an FM synth. Am I wrong? No, it's much more than that. Yeah, a lot of things. It's a sampler. It's a lot of things. It's a radio. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he says a radio. Yeah, I know they got the. But but at at, <laughs> at its core, like the synth part of it is it FM or is it more of this subtractive synthesis and stuff like that? There's, yeah, there's multiple synth engines. In there. Well, it has okay. like different little apps kind of okay. inside of it. Um, does Don't. anybody here own one? No. Nah. No, no. Yeah. I borrowed one from Moog for a couple years though, and that shit's awful. I've used it, but it awesome. uh, I know Steel Steel was a big fan of it. Uh, to me, Steel and um, six ninety nine when it went up to eight eight something eight hundred or eight ninety nine, and I was mm -hmm. just like, for what it did, it just didn't. The 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 interface wasn't enough for me to want to go that route. So. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you, Ken. I passed on it plenty of times because of the eight ninety nine price tag. So you're definitely not going to get me at four thousand dollars or whatever you <laughs> is asking right now. You know, I mean, for what it is, it's pretty cool, and I've always been attracted to it as a piece of gear. But the price tag always bothered me. Um, what's the build like on it? Is it is it all is it plastic or it's is it pretty nice? It's metal. It's, uh, yeah, right. it's. It's a it's metal. A, I think it's, it's like an aluminum chassis. Aluminum. Like yeah. Okay. Aluminum. It feels like it. It feels solid. I mean, it's not. It doesn't. It's not something that like if somebody tries to take it, you're gonna swing at somebody and do any damage. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's not not steel. <laughs> yeah, it ain't steel. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think it is. It is aluminum, and it, and it's a. You gotta admit the design. Uh, the you know they're great designers. Yeah, That's aesthetically, the, you know, like they're doing some other shit. Yeah, aesthetically, yeah. It, like when it, when they first started talking about this thing and it first came out, like I can remember looking at it, like I don't know what that is. It's just the it was the newest yeah. looking thing I'd ever yeah. seen to be I, called I an say, instrument. I got it. I got on the in, like the invite list. It was pr I think pre Kickstarter. It was an email mm -hmm. that went around. This was like Tumblr, like early days of Tumblr. Mm -hmm. That was, wow. like I signed up for an email list, and then they were giving away a few units. They're not even giving away. You can buy your unit. Uh, that was like an alpha or beta thing. And I remember like narrowly missing out on that and feeling really bummed 
Because, yeah, I mean, you saw the aesthetic and there was like one little Vimeo, uh, Vimeo video that they had where it was like yeah. a breadboard thing and they had that screen on it. And I was just like, man, whatever this yeah. is, these people have just nailed it. Yeah, I do remember uh, I mean, that. Yeah, then it's got a battery in it. I mean, that's that's yeah. next. That was next level for when it was. Well, I think people don't think about it now because it's so common. It's a common thing. We know what this is. Millions of well, not millions, but thousands of people have these joints. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right, right. But if you look at it, it is something. It's a it's an engineering feat. <laughs> so it would be foolish to think that they wouldn't be doing something else yeah. coming here soon. And I yeah. I gotta imagine mm-hmm. that they will. And I, then I keep you, yeah. I keep seeing that OPZ too, or OPZ showing up in my feed, and I just know that like they're gonna be putting something side by side. Those two machines just yep. working. Yeah. The together. OPZ is actually way smaller. I saw them mm-hmm. do it side by. It's really yeah, really tiny. No yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put it in no your pocket. Screen. Yeah, no screen. Yeah. But to speak on the aesthetics, I remember at a time when you can get, um, you can go to the Museum of Modern Art um, gift shop and actually buy an OP one. Yeah, oh, right. They have that kind of look to them. Like, yeah, they, they fit well there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like an amazing kind of crossover. And all all the feedback I've heard from my friends with OPZ seems to be, for the most part, positive. There's a few glitches in the operating system or whatever, but I mean that's kind of to be expected for a, a product that just dropped. But um, yeah, everybody that I talk to seems to really like it. Uh, my buddy Matt has one, and um, he his uh, if you look for robots against children, he's been posting up. A <laughs> that's wild I didn't even hear what you said because you said robots against you <laughs> it's, it's a common problem though. Hey, robots. Career, man. Um, but uh, I, I will say this for me like I don't they don't overlap enough for me to, to think that they're going to do just the OPZ and then not do something yeah. to be a successor to the OP1 um, Especially since people have been calling for it for so long. Yeah, so. yeah. They're not going to ignore that, you know? And, no, and, and you know, that's a kind of a flagship for them if you think about it. it, it mm-hmm. You know, there's no company that's discontinuing a flagship that don't have another one coming. Unless right. they're literally going out of business. <laughs> and right. I just don't see them going out of business. Because yeah. you got to think about it. They, they, figure out, they figured out a way to hit the market in a place where nobody else could. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not just with the with the op one, but all those pocket operators, yo. I mean, yeah. honestly, when the first three came out, they sent them to me. I reviewed them. I remember I was um, I just happened to be going to London the couple weeks after they sent them, or a week after they sent them. So I took them with me and it helped me, you know, at least I could get my little make some music kicks, you know what yeah. I mean? But it wasn't for me. But at the same time, I remember when I viewed them, I was like, these joints are gonna blow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They really, truly have. So and if they, they had come they gotta, out a sampler first, that would have been, I would have been, I mean, I've yeah, been yeah. waiting for something like that for years, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, they have the sampler now. Yeah. Yeah, they just dropped that. But I, I used to own the little drum machine one. I had it for like a couple of weeks and I took it back. I just, it just wasn't for me. Um, I, said, I, just did, yeah, I yeah. didn't dig it. Yeah, it was, but, it was but, a little limited. It was very limited. And honestly, I don't, I, I got big hands, son. I don't like, I don't like <laughs> I really, I get annoyed with little things. That's why I don't mess with the Volcas and I don't mess with the pocket operators. <laughs> Although I 
can't say I thought the pocket operators were cool. It's just that I was kind of annoyed fiddling with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that to me, I'm done. I ain't, I'm not about to do that. I'll pull out a big ass box on a train and make music before I mess with one of them little things. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. The X on my lap trying to plug, excuse me, can I plug in over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you yeah. one, of the, one of the things about the operators that I kind of dig is just that they all seem to have like it makes it accessible to have these really unique workflows that are just different. You know, um, that sampler that they have is pretty dope, has a really nice sound to it. Um, very, it you know, it's 12 bit, has this kind of mm-hmm. kind of vintage sampler vibe about it. <laughs> well, yeah, because like the SP 1200s were 12 bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. PC60. There, there's a lot of vintage samples. My point being is just that you get this, you know, you can get something that really, unless you're buying a vintage piece of kit or you're buying like a Euro rack module that might cost a decent amount of money, like you're not getting that kind of sensibility in in something that's really super affordable. And those things are like that, those things are going for like 80 bucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's easy to get like a pocket operator ko and the speech one is really dope too but because of the way that like you can basically send it samples and then it resynthesizes those samples that's mm-hmm. really a, a unique approach to something and you know it's it's in this own little thing that you can just kind of incorporate it into your workflow sample it and then move on you know what i mean like to me that's that's really cool that they do that you know has anybody yeah. seen the kits that you can uh, actually take those pocket operators and make them into uh, Eurorack modules. I've seen yeah. those. I don't have yeah. a desire to do that. Um, but yeah, like it's it's cool. Like it, it is what it is. Like I that's that's kind of one of the things that I like is that it's so affordable that you can afford to like experiment with it and do these <clears throat> things. You know, mm-hmm. I feel you. And yeah, and that that sampler, man. I mean, really, what it, less than a hundred dollars? That that means mm-hmm. that. Any, yeah. any kid like back in the day like an npc i didn't even really know that they existed i started off at free loops and stuff because like and it was accessible you yeah. know i got a, a copy that was floating around whatever just like how most kids do it but like if the, if that would have existed a thing a, a piece of hardware that i could have in my hand and start composing music with my own sounds oh yeah like i would have yeah. mowed lawns and watch some kids, and I'd have one that day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's crazy. Why are we uh, talking to Lee's but, forehead? What? Why are we only talking to Lee's forehead? Is that just me? Oh, no. sorry. Oh, I got, yeah. got maybe, it up on a mic stand up high. Phone the landscape <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you some, some phone books. <laughs> yeah. Are Lee here? Is that, is that messing like, up? Oh. Me too. Me too. Hey, dude, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I got this on this janky mic stand. But the thing about the samplers, though, that does kind of stink is that for them as a company is that, that you'd have to sell a lot of them in order mm-hmm. to, to make, you know, have that income stream like yeah, yeah. be real. And that, but that's not the role that those things are for that company. The OP1 mm-hmm. was right. that role, like you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's essentially the mass to make noise where exactly. people who may, may even hate on make noise or hate on teenage engineering still probably fuck with the OP one. Like, <laughs> that's right. Like, it's true. It's yeah. dope. And no, and it fills a void that nobody else has been able to do or even really that's try. To Yo, there's nothing so, out there like that. And if somebody brings can... out something like that, there's going to be clear as day. Yo. Yeah, exactly. Clear like as day. The OP one, <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah, so, so that thing's kept the lights on for them. So they're going to yeah. keep doing that. If they don't have that product, like in my mind, they're going to have something else that's going to fill the void, not just another $80 sampler or whatever, which is cool. But I think the, the sub $200 price point is a really effective price point for these companies. You know, it's a, it's a really like it's almost like no brainer purchase area mm-hmm. for a lot of people. So it's, you know, which is funny because like I think about like when I first started in like, hundred to two hundred dollars was like, oh, I gotta like, I'm gonna have to cut somebody. <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting nothing. <laughs> when I got my first NPC. I had to have a real job and wait for tax time, and then I was Hello. like, I finally yeah. got enough to go get my NPC. <laughs> you know for me to remember that there's people out there who didn't have kids before they were able to legally drink, and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, don't do that. <laughs> That's what's up. So, hey, uh, uh, let's let's move on to. Uh, I see Shiro on Instagram has been absolutely killing it with uh, the digis. He's oh, yeah. taking the digis and he's got an axe and he's been axe murdering them joints. <laughs> Let, let's talk about that, Shiro. What what what, what you've been up to with those uh, those digis, man? Digital. I've been a I've been a fan of Electron. Like I've been using the machine drum for about three years, so that kind of conditioned me for the kind of like rewired my brain to the mm-hmm. Electron way of approaching stuff. So I decided to kind of make that plunge and um, get the Diggy Tone. Um, I'm a big fan of FM synthesis, so like that was kind of a no brainer. And um, I like that it wasn't like a DX7 clone. It's kind of like doing its own thing. So for sure, I figured it would be a nice little little addition to my, my mod bap set to add some more FM synthesis to it. I've, I've been hooking it up to the modular and just going crazy with it. How are you, how are you incorporating that to your modular, man? Um, right now I'm using it as it's kind of like sequencing everything. Like I'm using that to sequence the oscillators in the modular kind of trying that for the first time. I used to um, be kind of real. I really have an aversion to MIDI, but I'm kind of like, Changing my stance on it, <laughs> kind of get. <laughs> That's funny. I never heard anybody say it that way. I <laughs> I'm not with you. Bring that MIDI up in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, control voltage is so immediate, man. It's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I kind of, I kind of feel what you're saying, but it is nice when you can, you know, there's some really, really nice MIDI to CV modules out nowadays where you can incorporate super easy with your with your modular. So that's yeah. Yeah. I got the hex inverter uh, mutant brain. Oh, yeah. dope! Yeah, I haven't fully used it yet. I'm waiting on a on a USB to MIDI cable, but then I'm like gonna really program it to like fit my specific needs, and that's kind of when everything's gonna open up. I'm just kind of using it stock right now. I think between the mutant brain, the um, the shuttle control from endorphins, that one's and, great. Um, mm-hmm. The anamodule MIDI gate, which is basically like a mutant brain, but in a much smaller package and doesn't have the, the CV it's all gates, right? Um, those types of modules, man, it makes it so much easier to incorporate traditional drum machines and sequencers right into your modular in a way that's like multi-channeled and easy. You know what I mean? So that's dope. The, um, the Digitone. So, so you cop the Digitone, you also got a Digitac, right? Yeah. I decided to just do the black Friday thing and get them both. Oh, and, you got both at the same time. Yeah, so I just like locked myself in the house for the past couple of weeks and just been exploring. <laughs> yeah, the wow. mic was nice too, by the way. So here's his his setup right here. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's the live setup. Yeah, that's dope. And you know, but you know, I I dig what you you know. I know you're incorporating it all together, but I mean, I gotta say, just with the digitone alone, you really been killing that joint. Um, and that's what I love about certain gear, man. Like for instance, with the digitone, we both have the digitone. And I remember when I I first got it, used like you could tell the hallmark of a of a a uh, good producer, no matter what they get, they do their style on, they can find mm-hmm. their style on any gear. You do that. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because what's funny is like, we could all have the same pieces, but we'll all use them very differently. And yeah. and that's what, what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I dig about what you've been coming up with. Man. It's kind of kind of ambient and, and it's kind of trippy, but it's, it's real flop. Yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling the, I would say out of the two, I'm feeling the Digitone more because it's it's like a it's like a little digital modular if, if you want to approach yeah. it that way. It is. And um, so it's, it's, it, and it's, it's, you know, it's like having a four track modular and I come from a four track background. So I kind of think like that anyway. Mm-hmm. So even when I do my patches on, on my regular, on my Eurorack modular, I still kind of like break things down to either like four to five tracks. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for me to, to translate that approach on. And it sounds good, man. Like I got to admit, and I say this pretty much every time we talk about it. It's like when when I first heard about it, I was skeptical. And then when I laid hands on it, I was like, oh, my God, this thing just sounds immediately yeah. good. Like, it's it really does. really easy to get inspired on that thing. Yeah, you can you can happen up on some stuff on the digital, man. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, that four track deal. I think what I dig about it is, you know, you got four tracks, but you got the electron sequencer which allows you to do, you know, some way out stuff. It, it just the, the trig, the additional trig. Yeah, so you're stuff. not really, like, limited to four tracks. Not, you can, like, yeah, you're limited to whatever's in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So you can have tons exactly. of stuff in the, in the pool. And so I've kind of figured out ways to use those 64 steps to, to you know, on a drum track. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. To have a full exactly you know drum track out of just that and then be able to kind of dress it up around and yeah. uh and when you get done you'd be like damn that sounds like much more than four tracks you know what i mean yeah, yeah that's why i think studio. it's good when you get new gear even if you plan on incorporating it with with everything in your studio i like to focus on like one thing at a time and like see how engaging i can i can make a set with just like one piece of gear and then i like add something else and I do that with everything. So like with the Digitone, I just sat with that for a little over a week and just made patches on that, made sounds and just like experimented with that. And then I did the same thing with the Digitech. And like now I'm kind of adding them all together and like now adding the modular and everything. It's kind of like complete so, equation. You still have your um, machine drum, your original machine drum, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I know on the original machine drum that you can send like gates and things to your modular. Were you doing, you were doing that in your original material, right? Yeah, I was just using the um, the ground machine. It kind of sends a post. It sounds like like a control right. clock. Yeah, it's like a so, clock. So I would so have like are, clocks on the on the machine drum. So how are you able to do some of the similar stuff with the digitone? Because I know, I know the digitone. Um, you know, it, it sends. You can send pulses, but is it loud enough, or is it? Does it give you the right pulse to send the right gate so you can? Well, it, do, it doesn't have the like separate outs like the like the um, right. The machine drum has so I haven't I haven't used it like that. I've just been strictly using MIDI, but the way that I'm gonna set my um, my mutant brain up, I'll have it so I can set up like you know a clock division and a clock multiplier, you know, on different channels. So I can I can kind of have the same approach that I had with the machine drum with like I usually have like at least two to three clocks like with different. Oh, wow. Time. 
That's amazing. That's well, you know what? That's, that's really why. That's so. So you have two to three clocks going. Um, but that that's exactly why I got the Tempe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm running out of ideas on how to how to do this. You know what I'm saying? So I was just kind of thinking, like, you know, I'm gonna get one thing that could clock everything. And so I sent a clock from the MPC to the Tempe, and then I can, you know, sync that up or divide it or multiply it however I want to from there. You know what I mean? And yeah, that that's that that was definitely the way I found a way to do it. But yeah, you got to have a right clock to because hip hop. And and rhythmic bass beat, you gotta have that syncopation. So yeah, yeah, that's. What's I wonder up. how something like the Tempe, like clocking wise. Now, granted, we're we're talking about two different types of clock here, or at least I'm yeah, about. But um, I I kind of wonder how something like the Tempe. You know, when you start clocking interfaces with things like the Black Lion clock, um, you know, you know, and this is more about accuracy and whatnot. But I kind of mm-hmm. wonder, like, how accurate are, are these clocks? Like, I haven't seen any figures from any modular company on how accurate. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're no not going to they're not going to publish that because that's going to be something that people are going to, like, try to hold them to. But I will say this, but like being having firsthand kind of knowledge, great care went into the Tempe's clock and also like like a great examination at other clocks that exist on the market was was put into place and it's not necessarily a manufacturer's you know position to call another manufacturer out on stableness of clocks no, and that kind of thing um <laughs> but but yeah they're not they're not all the Maybe same like, yeah, yeah, sloppy yeah, clock. Correct. <laughs> yeah, sloppy clock is correct <laughs> <clock. laughs> <laughs> they got garbage down the way but man like Some especially people, things that are like AT mega based and whatnot, like those clocks are very jittery, like very, mm-hmm. very jittery. Right, right. And, and it's just like Shiro was talking about earlier. He's like, you know, I, I have an aversion to MIDI. MIDI can be fairly sloppy when it comes to clocking. And it's like, man, some of these modules are and, and you can use sloppy clocks to an advantage sometimes, but exactly some of these modules have crazy sloppy clocks. Like Mm-hmm. That, that might be a title right there for you. Yeah, sloppy. that's what I'm so like. What, sloppy, sloppy clocks. clocks. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. That would be a, a great, dope album, dope mod bap album to tell you the truth. A great example of how they can be used creatively is Richard Devine. Shout out to Richard Devine. We, yeah, uh, absolutely. Just, just found out we're playing a show with him. Make Noise is going to have a show uh, January 4th. So if you're in Asheville at Moth Light, oh. it's either free or very cheap, if not. So come through. Uh, nice. But he still rocks in his performance case an original Woggle Bug, which had a oh, wow. clock. And he pops the knob off of it, the, the, the clock knob, and he put a big gray knob on it. So that can, that's his master clock, controls everything that what he's doing. So, like, there are ways wow. for sure of taking advantage of it. Um, but the, the other thing that I was going to say about Tempe specifically is, like, in terms of, like, entering the performance as well and the phasing and um, – yeah. Like great care went into making sure that that was accurately uh, captured, and also shout out to Ski Beats. Um, yeah, he mm-hmm. he is on some amazing next level Tempe patching. I don't want to give away the secrets, maybe off the air. Um, yeah, yeah, like this week, he 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 like came. He reached out to me trying to solve some patching issues that were bananas that I never even thought to do, <laughs> and I would never thought think to do. And the results <laughs> of it cool. already are just That's like dope. amazing. 
He just did a show last night in uh in DC. He's on his way back now. So yeah. Oh yeah. Pilot yeah, Talk. I'm making y'all. beats in the car. <laughs> Pilot yeah. Talk Four just got announced. Oh okay. Oh word. Yeah yeah, super excited about that. Currency fans. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to it. So shout out to Ski. Ski's uh I think he's in commute right now, so he couldn't make the show. But uh. Oh uh, word. Yeah man. The, the the clock stuff is like clocking is one of those things in modular where it's actually like it's one of the most unique ways of dealing with clocks. Like when you go modular for the first time and you really start diving into clocks, you get a new appreciation for what you can do with clocks, you yeah. know, from things like uh, like old school modules that nowadays aren't like that that hip new thing you know but like shuffling clock multiplier and shuffling clock divider like those those kinds of modules are crazy dope when you start using them to come up with those happy accidents for like <clears throat> timbers and and you know just different rhythms and whatnot like these are old yeah. modules that have been around for a while but like i just got rid of mine because I, I had to get a new case and they were the old modules they were deep so they didn't fit in the case but otherwise i'd still be rocking those i'm thinking about getting the newer versions mm-hmm. i pulled my shuffling clock multiplier and breakout out just the other day and i was using it um Cause I I, I kind of came up with some rhythm. I I like using the um, what is it the uh, the tip top uh, trigger riot. I yeah. use that for like a lot of different clocking things because you can use that to kind of like syncopate things in different ways. And I was using that with the Animodule STD, which is a syncopated time uh, disruptor. So you can kind of like you could syncopate off of that, which is a syncopation off of that, and then I send <laughs> all that to a shuffling clock multiplier, which is like nice my hi-hats around and I, i'm just like i'm sitting there like messing with these rhythms and i was like yeah there's no way i would have came up with that rhythm on my mpc you know <laughs> I done it. Mm-hmm. that's the thing <clears throat> getting back to the the electron stuff that's what i love about electron it doesn't matter like <clears throat> what you might be used to on an mpc or machine or something but it's something about those electron boxes that yeah. gets you going in a different way. You could do stuff on there on that sequence that you can't do easily anyway on other things. And some things you just can't do on other things, period. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's what I love about them. I, I always felt like with my MPC 4000, I'd get into creative ruts. Like I get got formulaic about how I went about making music. And that was the kind of sequencer that I wish I had built in to the MPC yeah. 4000 as well. Like not yeah. to hate on how that workflow, I still, I missed that machine. I sold it to buy a bunch of modules and stuff mm-hmm. and I don't regret that. But, but, but yeah, that having a sequencer like that is crucial for getting through those kind of creative blocks. Cause it's, it's nice to be able to, you know, change up your style, keep it, yep. keep it fresh. Big time. I think that's that's what made the digitone. Um, that that's what really like kind of pulled me into it as far as like sound design and stuff. You can approach it differently when you're like setting up sounds based around a sequencer. It's like a whole different approach than just like you know holding a key on a keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Way, way more inspiring. Yeah, I, you you get into the programming of it, and yeah. and things can get like you know like like Ken was saying you'll start to think of things like come across things you wouldn't have normally thought of yeah you know what i mean and it's like, like it's, it's like, like digging yeah. it's like digging for records but like with frequencies yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> now, that's something that's, pretty dope. <laughs> that's exactly Dig, digging it. for frequencies that's, <laughs> that's, that's patch digging honestly right there yeah patch digging man like that's yeah. that's what it comes <laughs> down to like 
and knowledge of patches could be is like very similar to to, to knowledge of that that record spine from the top not even looking at the front of yeah. it just being like oh wait a minute hold on <laughs> yeah yeah i i definitely see the parallels for sure within within the modular culture and digging yeah that's what's up that's what's yeah. up. That's one of the things that like so just just to be completely honest and upfront my analog rhythm lasted like maybe a month or so and yeah it's packed up it's just <laughs> like underneath of a table somewhere now um i'd still use it to sample it but like until <laughs> i get into my new studio and i really like because i have a plan for it like i'm gonna treat it kind of like a 1200 or something like mm -hmm. i'm gonna set it next to a turntable and it's gonna be like a very new like 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 a as if the past had like split off into alternate reality. That's really what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, but I really still don't like the electron workflow for me, mm -hmm. but there's aspects of it that make me like want it so bad. Like I love how it handles random and conditional clocks, like mm -hmm. or conditional trigs, that stuff. Yeah. Like I've been doing a lot of stuff with the NPC live lately. And, and I still use machine a good bit, but, uh, Man, I'm like every time I get on the NPC or or the machine, I'm like, man, I really, really like that's the one thing that I'm like, why do I not have? <laughs> why why is that not there yet? Like, are you guys not paying attention? Like, what the hell? Well, yeah, and, and you know, I think what's tough nowadays is that we get into this thing, and I know I'm I'm guilty of it. We get into this thing, and a lot of people do, where we want everything to be everything. And the tough part about that is that that ain't gonna happen. I would love, I would really love for MPC to to introduce uh, some of the things like conditional tricks. Some people are like, oh, you don't need conditional tricks on there because you got all them tracks. Yeah, but the limitations and the creativities you could do with conditional tricks because it ain't only about saying on this step put this thing, but with conditional tricks you can also do. You know, you can say. 50% of the time, fire this trig off, or you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> every, every third bar or something. So that way you start to, because that's the thing, you get into a situation with something like an NPC, and I'm an avid NPC user. Um, you get into a thing with those where the you, you get that repetition, and maybe this speaks to what Lee was saying, but that repetition, you kind of get into a rut of what you're doing. And, and you know, there's ways to get around it, but it would be nice to be able to introduce some conditional tricks in there and say, like, yo, I want this to fire off at this point and at that point, but without me having to tell it, <laughs> without me having to program it that way and have it do, mm -hmm. you know. It, like, I mean, there, there's, like, really simple uses for it, like, that could be used in the hip-hop context. Like, when people make beat tapes, a lot of times they'll have their 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 audio watermark. Like you can set up a conditional trigger to, to do that. Yeah, you see, you know, like yep. every eight bars or whatever is going to drop this watermark or whatever. There's a lot mm -hmm. of different ways you can use it as well as you know create with a, um in a creative workflow as well. Yep, yep, totally agree. Yeah, that would be real dope, man. But you know what I wonder though is that you know typically users of the NPC, uh, uh, you know. We get stuck in our ways, and in general, the base is kind of stuck in a certain way of working. So it's almost like you know, back in the day, my grandmother would be, "Oh, you doing too much?" Like I come in a career break dancing, and she like, "Oh, you're taking me too fast now. You get out of here with," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> all this new stuff y'all do it right. I think that's how how like most NPC users would be with some of those things being introduced into the NPC sort of ecosystem. People, yeah. like, wait a minute, what is all that? Right, like. You know, but I think it would be dope, though.
I think I think the NPCX is fair game though. I mean, yeah. just the fact that they added those CVs uh, makes yeah, it a whole was, new machine. That was, that's, that's a whole that's new next level. It is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's still like to me. That's very much um, unrealized potential. It is. So, and when and yeah. when they start to realize that potential, which hopefully they will. I'm like I'm not. I'm a little bit optimistic, but I'm also a little bit skeptical just because I like, you know, I, I know certain things about the team um, as far as like modular usage that I'm like, you know, I know they have certain people on the on their team that like uses modular. But I'm like, yo, I don't know how deep their knowledge and, and, and detail of that stuff goes. But mm-hmm. man, it was just the fact that they did incorporate that onto the actual build. It's like. You could be doing so much with that. Like, I wish, I, I wish, uh, like they would have talked to cats like us from the inception. Yeah, <laughs> because there's some things I asked for later on. Like, you know, once I got onto the beta team, there's some things I asked for uh, with the uh, CV that you know it just wasn't designed for. There's certain limitations of it that it just wasn't designed for. And I was like, damn, I wish I was there with the first conversation, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I've been there through through a lot of different companies creating gear, and it's like, and sometimes even when you're, you're like, hey, they ignore right. it. so like we we can say certain things. Like I'm, I'm not trying to blow up any NDAs or anything like that, but like we can say certain things. Like okay, a lot of the times a, a CV output is not going to be updated at an audio rate, right? Mm-hmm. So because of that, there's going to be certain limitations. Okay. So that's, that's not always just a, Hey, you know, we're aware of this or we're not aware of this thing. It also comes into cost. You're yeah, already talking about NPCX, which is not a cheap piece of kit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I will honestly say like the more updates that they bring, the more that cost looks way more acceptable. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that thing looks really dope. And probably the only reason why I don't have an X in my lab right now is just because I'm waiting to finish building my studio and having more space. Mm-hmm. Like I have a yeah, lot I'm looking back there. You ain't got none. The yeah, you ain't got no, <laughs> you ain't got no yeah, space. You well, can the only up- get pocket operators for now. Some cargo pants, Ken. Get some pocket <laughs> operators. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm living. Um, but yeah, you know, time I, out. Alive, you know, have made me like, okay, these guys are are they've kind of changed their position as far as how they're moving about things from when the Ren first started, which yep. I was a little bit worried that they were too set in their ways. And at the time, mm. in my honest opinion, they were way they too were. set in their ways. But I feel like they're starting to understand that like Yo, shit has moved on since 20 years ago. You know what? Yeah, that's true. You know what the Ren was? The Ren was a 50-year-old dude going to the college club. Major complaint from like early points on. I was like, yo, why can't I in real time apply my swing? Why can't I do this? Why can't and their answers would always be like, yo, this is how we did it for 20 years. And I'm like, mm-hmm. guess what? New products have come out since then. Yeah. By the way, the MV8000 was kicking your ass feature-wise back in the 5000 day. Like, what would yeah. you mean? Like, But if their shit wasn't so whack, I never would have gotten into modular. So, I mean, yeah. kudos <laughs> to that. Like, they didn't 
I mean, not that I hit him that hard about it, but but yeah, the Ren came out at a time when I was really craving something like the Live or yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the X. I'd I would have sold. Well, yeah, we were my all to get that, that you know. That's we it. But but dig that though. What was dope and, about that? And you know, so it was like these super fast workflows of like sample, have it go right to the pad. Yeah. Go, the pad across all the keys that still drives me nuts that on an mpc i can't just assign a sample to a pad play it across the keys i gotta make a freaking key group for that like what like and this yeah, is you know it's one of those things like, I make yeah, it's, off of making it's, key groups and i'm saying that you know it's easier yeah. on the er301 and that's nuts <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy this is easier on the er301 and it's nuts yep yep that but you you know what I gotta say I will I will say that it's dope to see the evolution though, um it's still I still want uh MPC four thousand but it's dope to see the evolution to the X you know what I'm saying like yeah like, yeah how yeah you absolutely from four thousand to five thousand to the Rand to to the I X the four I, I started on a sixty <laughs> so there you go yeah. Any MPC hardware aside from like the current generation, I still feel like the 4000 was like the pinnacle. You know what I mean? Because, like, now granted, the, the 5000, and, and we can get back, like, there, we've discussed this with, with Glenn on, on, on the uh, the previous episodes. Um, when we had Glenn on both, I think, this show and yeah, on the show. Uh, like, it's beat it's beat people podcast episode 12 i believe yeah so so he mm. talked about you know how the 5000 was originally supposed to be called the 3500 it wasn't supposed to be a higher number than the 4000 cuz he knew that, that it wasn't like, up to that spec where it, well, well right right designing it to be something specific and mm-hmm. then it was the owner of akai that was like hey we're going to make it we're going to call it the 5000 cuz a bigger number means bigger sales blah 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 <laughs> and 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 what he what he should have been doing is like uh, i want to call it the 5000 it does it live up to something like that or do we need to add two or three things to it and and up the price mm-hmm. whatever if you want to make it the flagship you can't put out a 5000 and not have what the 4000 had plus right you know what i'm saying yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At least not in my mind. I don't run the no. company, so I don't but if know. You look at the, if you look at the five thousand and you look at it as a thirty five hundred, it makes a lot of sense. As, Certainly, as a unit. But then if you look at it as okay, well, here's the four thousand, and this has to be better on every end. You're like, yo, the four thousand sampling engine was crazy. Like that mm-hmm. sampling engine is so dope. Like it's a full on Z sampler inside mm-hmm. of it. So to me. I still look at that as like the pinnacle of NPCs. And then now this new generation is like a, a complete divergence. Like yeah. it's got a lot of NPC in it, but man, they work, they work in a different way. And that's not, that's not a bad thing. Like it's, it, it's nothing wrong about it. It's just that that was that generation reaching its pinnacle. And now this is a whole new taking it off in a different <laughs> direction, you know? So I'm I'm really enjoying the live though, man. I'm enjoying it. I just wish it had some of that electron love that you know, because I I don't fully enjoy the electron workflow, but I appreciate a lot of the functionality. But it's worth noting that you love the sound of it, though. Oh, the sound is amazing. That's why yeah. I bought it. Like I bought it, and that's that's one of the sort of luxuries of um being a sound designer is that like I can say I can 
I can justify buying a piece of equipment if I don't love every aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like I can justify buying it simply on the fact that like, you know what? I'm going to create my drums on this, maybe run them through a bit, a bit of other kit, but like I'm going to create sounds on this and sample sounds on it too. Cause it runs the, the samples through analog filters and analog uh, overdrive and all that. Mm. <laughs> but I don't have to, I like the sequencer doesn't have to completely speak to me. Like, and it, there's nothing wrong with the sequencer. I'm not saying that there's nothing necessarily something yeah, wrong. You with are. It's just oh, me, that sequencer is very much an EXO style sequencer. Mm -hmm. It is not really my vibe. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is more of a, a, a programmable sequencer than a playing sort of live playing recording sort of sequencer. Um, Hero, when you're not using the Digitac, right, and you're and you're doing your your live performances and whatnot, aside from that, like, what do you like to program on? Like when you're doing drums. When I'm doing drums, I I, I go to the Digitac. It's it's kind of more suited for that. Before that, was it just? Oh, before that, I was doing. Before that, I was on the MPC. Okay. Okay. But I was using I was using like my old MPC six. <laughs> I was still programming drums on that for like recordings and sampling you purposes. Huh? The 62? Okay. Same and one I had from back in the day, like when I was a, a pup. Hey, was that the exact same one or did you end up? You no, know, it's, the, it's literally the exact same one. That is dope. That's I really could, dope. I just could never get rid of it. <laughs> Wait, did, does everybody here still have their first MPC or no? Hell no. <laughs> no. I sold that to move to California from Chicago. No shit. Oh, yeah. I didn't sell mine, man. <laughs> <laughs> that thing oh, is. But great. you know, I wanna, I wanna, you know, I, I went and found my old MPC five thousand some images online. You better thank your wife. Yeah, she she bought the joint for Christmas for me. I was uh actually at that point the five thousand was just coming out, and I was looking at uh the MV eighty eight hundred and the four thousand, the MPC four thousand. And I think I was deciding finally on the MPC 4000 and Christmas came about and she got me the 5000. That's how I ended up with the 5000. And okay. I, had it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I rocked that joint for like six years or so or more. I don't know. It was a good long time. Long enough for me to, to customize it and <laughs> do all that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff, man. I pushed the shot out. And uh, it was inspiring. Some people was like, why would you do that to it? But, well. One answer. No, I like answer. it. I, I actually remember. <laughs> I, saw, I think I saw your custom five thousand before I knew you. Matter of fact, I can still remember yeah. the first time I met Corey in person because, like, he came up to me and I, I was like, "Who is this guy?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I did kind of just jump in the circle of him and Joe and a few people just start talking. Like, yeah, what this? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no icebreakers. Yeah, no <laughs> icebreakers, yo. That other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Kim was kind of looking at me like I was suspect, but I was like, that eh, whatever, he'll get over it. Because <laughs> Joe vouched for you, so I didn't have to beat you up. <laughs> you know, I had upright around, so I was like, you know, my guy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a small world, man, because when I went to Moogfest, that was actually, I met Peth. And um, yeah, yeah. was 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 telling me, you know, we were just talking and stuff and he was trying to convince me to buy a, a make noise shared system. And I was like, bro, <laughs> I'm buying lunch. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> the mold fest. Yeah. Nobody 
no money like that to be going home with a shared system. And I, that was before I actually had my own modular set up. And he was like, nope, there's no excuses. You got to go do that. And then, uh, <laughs> he was saying, you know, we was talking about B-Boy Tech Report. And uh, as I was talking about, yeah, I need some help to cover NAM or this thing or that thing. He was like, you know what? I know some. So I know a guy that's into exactly what you're into, which we kind of collectively know now is Modbath. And he was talking about Bryce. And then I was actually talking to um, 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 somebody from Make Noise. I can't remember who exactly it was. And I was talking about, yo, I want to incorporate Modular with my NPC. And uh, they were like, oh, Lee, let me introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, Lee had a, a MPC 4000, a Moat Voyager, and, and, and a, a, a Eurorack setup. That was a mean setup, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Small Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, out on loan at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or the, the Eurorack setup is, anyway. The rest of the, the stuff was sold to buy more Eurorack. <laughs> I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing you around that Moog Fest though, because that was the first time I met I met Pef, and mm -hmm. it and it kind of clicked to me while I was talking to the dude that like I had seen a bunch of his videos. And matter yeah. of fact, when I got hired at Make Noise, I had sent around his like System One video to people to be like, man, I'm so like, like like blessed to be a part of this and yeah. like to work for these people, and this is what we do. And and then it was like we were sitting there talking outside of Moog, and I was like. Oh damn, you're Pef. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He's, a good, he's, he's a good dude. dude. And yeah, Pef does dude. a lot of stuff with like DSI too, man. Like, yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of those presets. He has a preset apparently he made for Stacy for the new for the new uh, Pro Two, but it's not out yet. No, <laughs> uh, dope, dope. Yeah, that's what's up. So, hey, I wanted to. Well, one thing I want to say before we jump off Electron, though, man, uh, I want to jump to into some reverbs and effects pedals, but. Um, Shiro, the way you rocking, you mentioned your MPC sixty. The way you rocking the rocking the the uh, Digitac reminds me, and I be trying to tell cats to me that when you start using the Digitac, it feels like a vintage sampler. It does stations, and it kind of has a when you get into the way you create with it, it has that feel. You know yes. what I mean? And and what you're doing reminds me of like yo, just raw beat making. It's, it's my roots. I've been, yeah. sitting, I've been sitting at my kitchen table with a stack of records and the dig attack and just making this like straight up boom bap like I did when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, I dig right. it, man. That's uh, uh, cats definitely need to know that. But you know, Digitac is one of those pieces that's like malleable. You know what I'm saying? I've heard people make the most glorious, like uh, uh, ambient stuff, and I've heard people make dope techno and then you hear people make raw boom bap it's a really like you make it what you want a type yeah. of machine That's yeah, they, they make instruments like they don't really dictate what kind of music you make with them it's, it's kind of up to you yeah yeah that's what's up so all right let's get into this uh let's get into who who's rocking how, how are we using reverbs around here what do you all think is like <clears throat> one of the dopest reverbs on the market right now I'm letting other people go. Whoa, whoa, like new, new, reverb, new reverbs or vintage? That's what I was trying to think. I think old reverbs. Don't, it don't matter to me. Whatever. What do you guys I'll, use for reverb first? I'll start with Aaron. All right, I'm going to throw one out there for you. Um, do you guys remember the, um, the, DP, um, the DP2? Nope. Who makes uh, that? The, the Insonic one. So basically, oh, all, yeah. the, all the effects from the Insonic ASR10 are in a rack module called the DP2. Oh. oh yeah. And so um, 
they have a very very beautiful reverb in there um i mean it, it's amazing they have a couple of different algorithms in there but um i love that one um it's um it's just lush it's it's old school it kind of has a little bit of uh graininess to it mm. like a 12 bit mm. kind of well, feel yeah. to it if it's if it's from if those are the the uh algorithms yeah. and effects from the ASR10 that's yes. one thing that you got to love about the ASR10 is that yeah. all of those effects sort of have a sound and it really is it's that grainy but still kind of polished though that's what's weird about it, it, it well yeah that, that's the thing about it like it starts off like where it starts to um it's grainy but then as it reflects further and further it just gets really smooth mm -hmm. and and um and ambient it, it, it's an amazing um kind of underrated one i know they have one that's a bigger one with four channels but mm -hmm. i have the two channel one and it's amazing um I recommend it. Or you can just run everything through your ASR 10 if you still have that. So that's dope. Yeah, I didn't know that, yo. But hey, you know, um it's yeah. it's it's a low-key one. Um I picked it up for cheap, but I don't know about it anymore. No, it ain't, um, it ain't cheap no more. Just, <laughs> it's not cheap anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I know once we let the cat out the back on this show about different joints, because I don't even know if Homeboy got his uh Nord drum too last week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> after, after we talked about it, oh man. Um, yeah, so the, so the two, uh, the DP four. Actually, it looks like it's the I'm seeing one used on Reverb for eleven hundred dollars, or just about once you get taxes, eleven hundred dollars. Wow, wow! Yeah, I paid you really, um, like you really want to be crazy. I, there's there's one on eBay with a dollar twenty five is the low bid. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got I got my um I got my DP two for like um maybe like a hundred dollars off reverb um about eight months ago. So um I mean it, it's amazing man. Um I definitely recommend it um if you want to play with some of those uh if you if you kind of did you ever remember the um the Lisa's quadraverb where you can run four effects yeah, at the same super time. Famous verb of all time. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, it well, you like, can it seemed like at one point cats had the Elisa's quadraverb and the damn like uh a triton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that was yeah. kind of the setup right there. Yeah. I, I had that Elisa's joint like for yeah. a minute. Yes, sir. I still I still got love for it too. I still got love for the uh because because whenever I want to get into that old like um 1998 warp records kind of feel like yeah. I go to I go to that. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, but yeah, man. I just got this Eventide Space. <laughs> well, Ooh, boy, those are incredible. It really is. Incredible. I know, right? I can't turn it off. Oh, it's, it's a. It's a. I've been running the MS 101 through it, and it's just a glorious, glorious sound, man. Um, you know what? But just to give, I I, I got it as a a demo version. And then when I got it, there was something stuck in one of the outputs, quarter inch jack outputs on the back. And I was all salty. This is a demo. And I'm like, who would break off the damn thing? <laughs> but but oh, shout man. out to uh to Sweetwater. They sent me a brand new one. And so I've been uh checking this joint out. And I, I hate that I waited so long to get it. This has been one of those things that's been on my list for a long time. So I can definitely see I'm gonna use this in a lot of. It's gonna go on everything. 
Yeah, I already I could already tell. Like I'm literally <laughs> looking at it like I was just messing around and I started recording what I was messing around with. And I'm like, I'm thinking this is like interludes for that mod bap album that's kind of been sitting Ooh. in the collection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, it's gonna be real dope. So so, so with the MS with the MS one oh one, are you able to tap into that vibe? That that kind of warp records kind of vibe uh, or 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 boards of Canada vibe? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt. Easily, <laughs> really easily, yeah. I mean, because it's got a dope sequence on it, it's got what's well, a simple sequence, but it's got a, a nice arp on it as well. And, um, you know, once you get into some nice arps with a dope reverb, man, sky's the limit. I was loving those videos you put up, yeah, man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to put up some more, man, mm -hmm. yeah, I will, I will. This, this joint is uh real dreamy, man, it's a uh, real flexible too, especially when you get into the, the FM features of the MS 101 with that uh, space reverb on it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yo, I will say, um, with the uh, with the quadriverb, you can get those on eBay for like sixty bucks right now. Yeah, it's like less than most plugins. And, <laughs> yeah, but like you just kind of consider that, and you're just like, man, yeah. you know. You can get rack hardware for less than a plug-in these days. Absolutely. And that's right. And if you know if, if you know your routing well enough for those MPC users, you got inputs, outputs on the back of your MPC. You could route that joint and use it like an insert. Just get a rack know. and a cheap and a cheap patch bay and yep. have some fun. Do that too. You know, you can get a patch yeah. bay for like 40 bucks, you know, maybe even less. And it's good to have a patch bay with that type of equipment, in my opinion. And are you okay? Do you need help? You need reverbs. You want to patch in and out, you know, uh, quickly without having to reach around. Need, need help, man. Jordan Thorne in, in, the, in the chat says that you've been locked in the basement and called 911 because you got to pee. Apparently, your wife is abusing I, you, and I, I just want to make sure that if you need help, that the proof is out loud. Jordan knows that I, I blink, I blink once for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as reverbs are concerned, I want to yeah. talk a little bit. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it all out there a little bit. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, it's going down. So, <laughs> spent some money, right? So Corey went out and just basically slapped me in the face and was like, "Guess what? I'm getting the pedals that you want, and you're a punk." <laughs> look, look how Ken puts his words in my mouth. Those sound like a Ken line all day in it. Line <laughs> Max coming to me as well. So he's going to have the Eventide joints that I want. But I don't have, so I'm like, okay, I can't stand you, Corey. Stop talking to me. Don't text me this shit. But he, <laughs> he lets me know. And then on top of that, he starts talking about, oh, this sounds amazing, and starts sending me videos of the Eventide on this and on that. So what I wanted to talk a little bit about is the analog reverbs versus the digital reverbs and how you use them Do any of you guys because i use spring reverbs in my setup like actual spring reverbs in my setup um do you guys use those in your setup too and what like do you use different size springs and whatnot because i noticed that um i think i think a beginner mistake is to instantly be like okay well bigger is better on a lot of different things, when it comes to monitors, when Certainly. it comes to uh, just gear in general, I, I see a lot of people saying like, okay, well, obviously more expensive and bigger is better. 
but that's not necessarily true with spring reverbs. And I wanted to kind of touch base on this because one of the first mistakes I made when I got a spring, a real spring reverb was to get a full, you know, 19 inch tank that, you know, a full 19, 20 inch tank. And my opinion is, is that actually I kind of like medium to smaller springs. So I'm just curious as to what you well, got. I, um, I got the, uh, the, the grandmother joint. And the grandmother has a spring reverb in there. I've used that one. That's my only real. You know how big that spring is? Because I assume it's small. small. It's probably really small. Yeah. But you know what? I got to tell you, I, I don't really, I'm not a fan of spring reverbs, though. I just feel like, I think I like more lush and open reverbs. And I think spring reverbs just kind of, it just sounds like short and metallic to me you know what i mean yeah no they, they definitely have a metallic sound um, yeah. I'm, big on, I'm big on spring reverbs but I, I used to listen to a lot of reggae and dub mm -hmm. so like King right TV right and and lee scratch yeah. spring reverb so i kind of borrowed from that book and i use um one that king tubby used to use which is the fisher space expander mm. with, oh um, yeah you know, i use one of those with like the big 19 inch um spring that got ripped out of an organ or some shit that's so, what i did first but the problem with that is, is that you have to. So if you want to incorporate something like that into a modular, like I use the um, the music thing reverb. Yeah. Uh, it, so that's that's what I keep in my rack. And um, the first thing I did was rip the spring reverb out of my actual Hammond organ. Right? Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> I did the exact same shit. <laughs> but I will say you have to be careful with the impedance levels of that, right? Because if you're if you're spring reverb tank doesn't match the same impedance you'll lose a lot of amplitude on it right absolutely mm. drive i don't like that lose amplitude give me gas i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the um so one thing that i found that you can do is you can obviously you can use an external amplifier something really interesting that i started trying is um, you can get these cheap uh, headphone amplifiers, right? And use a headphone amplifier to kind of play with it that way. And you can way overdrive a spring reverb that way, obviously. That's, that's cool, yeah. But you can kind of get these interesting saturation sounds like that, especially for plucks. Because plucks, it's like if you send a pluck through a, re a spring reverb, a lot of the time, you're not necessarily trying to get the pluck sound. You're trying to get the spring sound. You know what I mean? Like, you're trying to get that after effect. So, if you overdrive that spring all crazy, you can get some really cool sounds out of it. So, I've been doing that. And then I also got an Accusonics tank. Um, yeah, those are good, too. But they have these um, these little, really short tanks. And I, I haven't picked one up yet, but I've been thinking about grabbing one of those. Well, it can't oh, with the, like, what about really the tiny springs? Yeah, with the really tiny springs, because yeah. a lot of the times what I do with so my Accusonics one is literally right here and I keep the bottom open. I keep uh, I've got some uh, of that microfiber cloth that you're supposed to use to clean your screens that you never do. You just use your shirt instead. Well, I <laughs> do things, of course. And I throw them inside of the tank. So, like, I'll dampen my springs by throwing cloths nice. and sometimes I'll take um uh business cards right like i actually have them right here so this is uh, so it's like like a prepared piano you're like doing a prepared spring tank spring <laughs> <laughs> tanks so like i'll put like business cards in there or I'll put, um i have like uh i had this little 
uh, bubble wrap thing that I put in there too. And it kind of sizzles when it goes through it. So you can get Interesting. all the sounds, you know? Sounds so, dope. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that idea. <laughs> Have you told me about this moisturizer joint before? And I actually, um, I've gone to Perfect Circuit and checked it out quite a bit. Now that is dope. Like I said, it's, I'm not a, it's really dope. Yeah, it's really dope. I'm not a fan of Spring Reverse, but there's something that seems a little bit different about. They, it. Yeah, they they nailed it on that one. A good friend of mine has one of those, and and you get some really good sounds out of it, especially um, from a sound designer perspective. Yeah, big time, big time. What's the price point on that? About four hundred. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, and accepts maybe. modular level or online level only? It does modular level. Oh wow! Yeah. Have y'all messed with the Intelligel Spring Verb or Spring Ray? Excuse me. I haven't. I've I've seen it, but I haven't messed with it. I think it's got two tanks that you can select between voltage controllable and stuff. That yeah. was one I've always wanted to play with. And Metal Photo of Cincinnati, the company that makes like a ton of Eurorack modules, they like as an as an ad, I don't know why, but they sent it to make noise. Like they already do our plates. It's weird. Like some of them, you know what I mean? So like they sent us one that was, that has their information on it instead of Intelligels. And I always like thought about buying the spring ray and popping the real face plate off and putting this like business card face plate <laughs> on this module. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, Oh, what you got in your case? What kind of reverb is that? And it's like, it says MPC on it. And they're like, what? <laughs> Yo, know, I will say that uh, when I had the Magneto in the rack, uh, I was comparing it heavily with my spring tanks, my because the Magneto has a spring reverb setting on it, right? And you could turn that up. Um, it sounds like a slightly darker version of the Accusonics tank that I have. Like it sounds okay. really, really, really close. Like surprisingly good. But of course, you mm. can't smack it like I can. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Do you rub it down too? Yo, actually, oh, Lee, Lee just made me think of something. Do you think that ModBap um, is going to turn into one of those things where, like, you know how back in the day, like DJs will cover up like the records that they had with white labels and stuff like that? <laughs> Do you think that? Yeah, do you think that people could be like, "Yo, don't be looking at my, don't be looking at my rack, don't be looking at my case," or, or, or like, I always like to joke with Lee, where I'll use all the same color patch cables, so you can't follow my. my <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the mod map equivalent of covering the record label. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know, Aaron, if they can see your modules, they can't see how you patching. It's right, crazy. right. Yeah. <laughs> I think the difference is, is that these days there's this really big emphasis on that how you got there as opposed to just the what is the sound, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's, this, there's this new market. Like that market, I don't really feel like was there. There was <clears throat> there was a little bit of the whole like you remember when there was the myth, and it was a myth about uh, DJ Premier doing the uh, who was it? Jeru the Damager track with the, oh, the, come, the come the come clean track yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah 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 that was like one of the first times i can really remember people caring about the how as yeah. opposed to just the sound yeah yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? so it's like to me the whole caring about how the sound created because okay super super nerdy guys that had npcs and all that stuff studio guys cared about the sound and how it got there 
But really, the average listener, the average showgoer, they were not hawking over the tables like scratch nerds do today. They were not hawking over the tables to see how somebody is finger drumming or how somebody is doing this or how somebody's doing that. This is a rather new thing. You know what I mean? True, true. So to me, it's but, like people enjoy showing that off a bit. I don't know, I but Aaron, when, you go on rec- when you go in record shopping and you dig in, man, everybody's always kind of covering up their record. Oh, you're right. and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't want – and it's almost like a, it's like an etiquette, right? Yeah. Like, the old school people know this. You don't look at anybody else's stat. Like, you just yeah. don't. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like common edit when you do it. And this is like a serious – it's ugly, but it's true. Like, Euro racks don't cost anywhere close to what records did. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a different – Not not even the patch cables. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's but like, you know, it's like but, if you went record digging with DJ Jazzy Jeff, chances are you're going to show Jeff what records you got, and he's probably going to show you what records he got because you guys are on a different level and you're interested in each other. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. Your is. Like, it's different like that. <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time, you're pre- – pause, pause that. It's like, we're interested. In, but, um, but, yeah, um, but you're pretending – you're protecting a brand, though. You're protecting a sound. You're protecting a brand. I don't. I think I've it's never felt that way, man. I've always. You felt... never felt that way. Well, you know what? Well, like, but, but just because you never felt that way, though, you can't deny that the culture hasn't always been that way, though. The culture right. has always been that. And I always hated that culture. Yeah. I always personally got irritated by that. And like, mm-hmm. I remember having to travel like miles and miles and miles to meet up with other producers who were actually willing to be like, this is how I, I sequence on NPC. How do you sequence on the NPC? And we would share techniques. And that was not because cats in my tail but, do it. But check this out though. But hip hop is built on a one really, really, really great concept that pushes hip hop further than any other genre. And that's don't bite. Yeah, don't and that's the thing that yeah. the don't bite, stop biting, don't bite really is the thing that there? pushes us. It pushes us into new territory. Like it's why a lot of us are in modular. You know what I'm saying? And not going back to SB1200. Why are we gonna go to SB1200 for? You know what I'm saying? There's so much stuff that's been done with that. I mean, chances are people will be like, "Oh man, you sound like uh, Pete Rock." You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I want to sound like something. I want to sound like yeah. me. I want to do something new. Aaron, um, how are you? I, come on, man. See if they care about biting anymore. People do well, check it out. But see, that's what happens. Encouraged now. They don't. Well, I, think, I, I think what we so that's that gets into a whole nother conversation too. Though I don't, I don't, I can't say that there's a lot of things that people call all kinds of things that ain't what it is. And all of this stuff they they label hip hop. It's not, I know. Right. Mm-hmm. So because they don't take any of the culture with it, they don't take any of those those sort of innate references and 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 sort of rules and ideologies with it. So to me, it's just something that they that these companies and these folks use to market stuff today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. It, yeah. But it's easy to spot really in the culture and really from the culture still are 
on the same things like those those, like those <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is how you get something like what all of us end up doing it didn't even realize the next guy might be doing something that incorporates the same tool right. then collectively end up calling it mod map that's how you right. push the envelope and get to those areas okay. yeah exactly mm -hmm. exactly because well, i was just gonna say like some of the examples of the people who got bit to death was uh pre q73 uh, got bit, he got bit to death, mm -hmm. and 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 these are the things. These are the things that happen in the culture. The only reason that um Flylo never got bit to death because he kept on switching his style. He switches up every hour. He was switching. <laughs> like by the time people were biting L.A., he was on Cosmo. He was on some other shit. <laughs> he was on some whole other shit, and everybody's like, "Well, fuck it, I can't, I can't compete with that." And then um, <laughs> and, and, then, and then his next, next, next. The only thing that's kind of, I guess, derivative. Of the stuff that Flylo was putting out was, I guess, Lo-Fi, and but Lo-Fi is one of the most like bitten, you know, oh, overbitten. It, it's almost like, a, um, I mean, it, it's bit to the point where you can go on YouTube and find like, you know, Lo-Fi tutorials, and they <laughs> simplify it down to the well, dumbest, the dumbest, it's dumbest. Not talking about tutorials, it's more about the fact that it's the artists that are using them. So, like, I enjoy showing people how I do what I do. Like, I enjoy that. But the point of it is not so much so that you can make the same sound that I'm making, but so that you have the knowledge to make that, to take that, that, that style and that, and that, um, that usage case. And you put yourself you know, into it. Yeah. Well, you know what? The best example of what you're saying, Ken, is, is, and, I, and this, and this goes beyond hip hop. The best example of what you're saying to me is somebody like Marvin Gaye who people don't realize actually idolized Frank Sinatra and, 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 and like, uh, Nat King Cole. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he wanted to be the next Nat King Cole or the next Frank Sinatra. That is where he focused. He wanted to do that, but he was inspired by it and became the first Marvin Gaye. He couldn't even do that. Like when he was doing, you know what I'm saying? Even Lena Horne said when, when Aretha Franklin came out, you know, when, when Lena Horne would do a certain growl, she was like, well, little did people know that was me trying to imitate Aretha Franklin, but she can't be Aretha Franklin. Yeah, so she's that's the key. It's, it's kind of like you could be inspired by any of this, but it's not supposed to uh, propel you and push you forward to go repeat that. It's supposed yeah, to exactly. you push you forward to like almost interpret it, take it in and, and see what the output is exactly. as something else. And to me, that's the whole point is like, that's why I like to show people things because I'm excited to see what they can do. Exactly. Okay, so if you spend all this time learning how to do something really technical, but you know, if if you just show somebody how to do it, they don't have to waste that time. They can just create with it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I'm excited to see as a fan what you can do with it. You know what I mean? Like it mm -hmm. to me, it's not about like it's not so much about biting because if you're really a proper artist and you care about creating art that that inspires you, right? You can't be bit to death because you're always wanting to grow. If you're an artist who constantly wants to reiterate the same thing over and over, you're beating a dead horse. Like, grow. 
grow as an artist. Word. Don't be, don't be scared to try new things. That's the big thing. I think big time today, people have that problem. Be afraid to try new things. Like I couldn't wait to grab module and start seeing what I could come up with. Yeah. with my <laughs> exactly. Beat Other people were kind of yeah. like, yo, that's techno crap. That's craziness. Right. That's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Thing is like, like, no, like, if you don't make techno, that's not techno. Like it's, you know <laughs> it's simple. Right. To an extent, I get the fear. So like, I'm, I'm going to tell you like, like a personal experience of somebody that like, it kind of irks me a little bit as a fan, but it's, it's part of that fear that you better. take. <coughs> so like, I love early RZA stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Later RZA stuff gets really clean. And yep. yeah, that, but that's what I, I love that shit too. <laughs> the whole, here's the, here's the, I love like the Bobby digital stuff, which is super clean, but it's like his mm -hmm. own thing. Right. But what I don't love is yeah. when he tries to do like the woo stuff, but make the woo stuff super clean, right? Yeah, because that's not where it lives. That's not, yeah. yeah. To me, like that's a perfect example of don't hold on to the past too hard when you're trying to evolve. Instead, mm -hmm. just freaking evolve. Like, right. you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. I loved, like, when he went from, from, from the woo stuff. To the Bobby yeah. Digital stuff, and it was like night and day difference. And it was like it could have very easily gone Swizz Beats route because it was getting clean like that. And I personally can't stand the Swizz Beats stuff. Like no, it could have gone that route, and I would have hated it. But instead, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna do something totally different. And he did it and it worked. But mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, so now you did that, and now you're gonna like you got this money and you're like incorporating very clean orchestras. And you're kind of like, you're not really sampling it. You're kind of replaying it like this. To me, it lost a certain vibe. And I'm like. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Too. Well, yeah, it was, MV8, it was an MV8080. And if I don't yeah. want. If he started and learning to play. You know what I mean? That, that's the difference. This is where being a sound designer, I think, is, is will, will help you. Because, like, if he, if he would have took, like, a sound design approach and, like, played stuff clean, but then, like, dirtied it up. You know, to make it sound like vinyl, that would have been like the match made yeah. heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and on top of that, I'm just like, you know what? And even further than that, even if I don't like it, RZA could be happy doing what he's doing. Screw me. It doesn't matter. Like, if he's happy, there's a million other fans out there that I'm sure love his newer stuff. So it's like... Yeah, exactly. Just evolve. You but know? So that that gets me on because I was going back recently and listening to all that that later Wu Tang and Bobby Digital stuff, the clean the clean stuff, um, which historically I, I I've always gone back to the early stuff myself when I'm listening to Wu Tang or mm -hmm. early RZA JZA albums, whatever. You also say Liquid Swords is, is what yeah. I think about. Liquid oh, Swords, exactly, and like yeah. that album to me just ah uh, it's 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 such a classic. Uh, low low resolution samples, just like you know, hard hitting the whole way through it, and the later stuff to me still slaps, but in a different way. And I wonder if it's a response. A lot of it, the performing and all this and that is, uh, you know, this is like later '90s, early 2000s, after he's already probably gotten trapped in, with some sample lawsuits, <laughs> um, be, not being cleared, or maybe yeah. lesson about having how much money he had to give away in the in the long term with the, with all the the people that are, he was trying to put on how much money leaked out of the organization via sample clearances and that kind of thing. He was trying to evolve. Sample so, clearance hurt hip hop big time. 
Yeah, did so you see the uh the comment. Uh there was an interview recently with Anderson Pack and he yes. was talking about sample sample clearances. Yeah. And uh and packs. Yo, I feel I like see it. What do you say? I feel like he muddied up the conversation about that so bad because he made but it was also edited in a one minute edit of a longer conversation exactly. that I'd like to see the longer conversation. <clears throat> gotcha. Sound in that snippet, he makes it sound like Yo, sound designers are trying to charge publishing for one shots, and that is not the case. Like, <laughs> no sound designer is charging for one shot. Like, <laughs> but when there's compositions, yeah. and when you get yeah. into where if I release a pack of ARPs that I've composed, or you know, you know what I'm saying? Songs. Even yeah. of songs, like you got people like look at MSX Audio, where they're literally mm -hmm. they're giving you. Yeah. The basis for your track. They're composed. Yeah, it's a record. They'll sell to you as a record. In yeah. Some cases. Like it's together. <laughs> slump loops. They're loops that are actually composition. Usually, here's design and given to you. So, so like I, I watched that interview and I and I read the comments and I was like, there's all these people talking in the comments about like that's why I don't mess with sound designers. That's why I don't buy sample packs. All these idiots don't realize that first off, the royalty charge that. A so say you use a sample pack that's a loop base, right? Because basically those royalty yep. fees fees are only going to be on either MIDI prog progressions or loop based samples, right? Not one shots, which he made it sound mm -hmm. like it was individual mm -hmm. one shots. Because he did say that little bloop a blop, and yeah, exactly. But when you take it out, it don't feel a yeah. sound the same. That's because this is the basis of your track, son. It's a loop. Right. And, and the bottom line is he made it sound like it was difficult to clear that stuff. And no, it's not difficult to clear that stuff. And it doesn't even cost that, that much money in royalties to clear that stuff. Right. Your crew just didn't want to pay it. Right. Mm -hmm. because, because here's the stigma. People, people get the idea of clearing samples from an old record. But the idea of clearing samples from something that some dude just made to and put in a sample pack like yeah. to, that that doesn't connect it doesn't connect for folks yeah. and, and you know and, yeah. and i should say, I I say that, that, if you read the paperwork on most of these things mm -hmm. the publishing and royalties that they're charging is very low yeah. it's, and, it, and it's a one set fee across anybody like if if it was anything else if it was like a record and some and jay-z came and said hey i want to clear this versus joe schmo it would be a whole different story, right? But that's not what this is. This is a one set fee across the board. You know what I mean? It's not that big a deal. And they could have easily easily cleared it, but they just chose to to not want to pay anything. And that's yo, Ken, yo, Ken, you got me thinking about something kind of interesting because uh this is kind of like a new a new issue. I wonder if the future, um, if people sampling like say like uh YouTube stuff you know instagram video i don't know if you remember like on like life of pablo like how he mm -hmm. had like that you know how he sampled that little girl doing the preacher thing yeah that was like an instagram video like in the future like how do you think like people are going to go about clearing stuff that they get on instagram they or they get on, I on YouTube. If people are being well, made to clear stuff to date on you because that's yeah, yeah, intellectual are. property well, you guys are forgetting something really basic right and it's ugly i'm going to be very honest it's ugly as hell but I grew up, my dad used to have me watch stuff like 1984 and Fahrenheit 451. Like, I grew up 
very aware of a dystopian future where things that at the time were not called social media but became social media like Big Brother and like these ways of watching people didn't exist but we were warned about them and they actually exist now completely like Big Brother is very real okay but we didn't it, it didn't come about in the way that we thought about it it didn't come about in a way that was forced upon us it came about in a way that we chose to give it up right so here's the thing it appears we chose <laughs> Instagram if you post a video on YouTube if you post a video on Facebook you're giving up your rights read the rights closely yeah you don't have shit they can do whatever they want and guess what, what? Oh, thanks you know, yeah, I gotta go man I walk away feeling depressed walking around you are not <laughs> Instagram YouTube all these other people they are who really own you right they own the content that you're uploading you are a service provider to them and they are taking it and they are taking ownership of it so in the case of so in the case of life of Pablo, who is he clearing that sample with? Is he clearing Zuckerberg? it with? Yeah, is he clearing it with Zuckerberg, it, or is he clearing it, comes it down to it? If it really comes down to it, and and they wanted to press the issue, right? It could get cleared through other ways, but if they wanted to press the issue, yeah, sure, Instagram could come at him and be like, "Guess what? We own this content." <laughs> I don't know. I think this. I think that may be a little more. It 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 may be a little gray area. I, I think it's that's a oversimplification of obvious obviously because the, the the content creator has a certain level of ownership. But the fact of the matter is your content. But the fact of the matter is it's owned because of where it lives and where where it's where it's streaming right. from. Right. It's not your platform. Yeah, it's not your platform. So they have a certain level of ownership from it because of where it comes from. But I definitely know that there's people that have licensed stuff that they've put up on YouTube and, and stuff like that. Right. And you know, there's, there's probably some royalty share. I'm sure. I just don't know the details of that. And then you but also you, have to think about right, Cause it's a user it's license and stuff. When you upload stuff, you're agreeing that basically you're giving them ownership to, to some level or degree of your content that you put up there. Yeah. Like they can use it for like ads and commercials without yeah. having to contact you stuff like that. Some laws, some, some yeah. laws that happen in the near yep. That I, I totally believe it. On this stuff. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how that happens with samples because people are sampling this stuff right now off, off YouTube. Oh, off, there's uh, YouTube. Yeah, big <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I love YouTube. But here's, here's the problem that with it, though. That algorithm is, is bananas. Like, it's gotten to a point where it's stupid, right? This dude, he just uploaded a 10-hour loop of white noise, right? Um. And he got four different manufacturers of noise ma machines suing him over that video to wow. get the money wow. from it. Because in the 10 hours, they've, YouTube's algorithm has analyzed a little, little small samples. So they know there. where the noise came from. <laughs> exactly. And, and, or it, but not, wow. and it's, it's false, right? Because white mm -hmm. noise actually white has noise a is white noise. White yeah. noise is white noise. It has yeah. equal, like, equal chance of in, within the frequency spectrum of the next <laughs> like sound to be white filter noise. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. But like so it's like pulled up all these if, like this dude didn't actually take use four sleep machine boxes to make this loop, right? It just happened to pick something that sounds similar. And to be fair, they don't want him to pull the video down. They want all the money from the video. 
They want him to keep it up and then all the ad shit. They, and then also link to their sleep machines in the fucking video. Dude, I've had original compositions that I put up that sound nothing like what they're claiming. Like I had I had a beat that I put up that was completely original. And they said that it was like some Michael Jackson song. And I'm like, like, yeah, that's, that's a compliment. <laughs> I know, I think I said that it was like a hit. They sounded. Yeah, Quincy Jones over there. Well, nice. you know, listen, I don't like, I don't mean to brag and all, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that, man, that's crazy. See that—that's the thing when you get into, you know, all these uh, these digital media platforms, and everybody's on the take. Everybody's got trying to do a grab. It's just crazy, man. Um, but laws are going to apply no matter what. Like, uh, you know, people don't realize it ain't like I'm a lawyer or anything. Obviously, far from it. But I worked uh, doing IT for law firms for 15 years. And I always think when it comes to these kinds of things, a good lawyer can spend anything in the favor of his client. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, even yeah, there may not yeah. be a lot of a lot of legislation or, and laws around a certain topic. But when it comes to IP, intellectual property, the best IP lawyers can spend that in whichever way. And they'll get as creative as they need to with the existing laws and existing like there's precedent for this sort of arena of stuff that we can apply to this because it's the same because this is my argument <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah yeah so they can they can spend that stuff man but yo what was it there was there was something else we wanted to get into aaron what was it i know we've been on oh yo yeah i wanted to uh well i don't know we we're talking about stop biting but i actually don't mind this one because i like this case and i wanted to share just it. before he oh, yeah. it something that everybody gonna want to bite he makes that disclaimer but yeah let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah if you wanted to um if you want to try and get it on the website um it's mtblsm.com and that's the um the mechanism case that i just picked up Man. Oh word. Yeah. I'm I think to see that. I think I think this one is gonna be the um the mod bap workstation, dude. Yeah. So this oh, that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So unique thing about this case is number one, it's a um 95 HP. So, you know, usually the cases I got rid of my um I got rid of my um 84 HP to grab this one. And um Love yeah, so so this one's 95 HP and it has this thing called a um they call it an analog tool, um, which is this one U row right here mm. at the bottom. Super dope. You get two um two of these uh joysticks for <laughs> X and Y. Super sweet, right? And then you have um, video so it doesn't it doesn't pop away. Say that again? Oh, because oh, it doesn't like have it. springs. I like it all. It's it's a springless, it has springless joysticks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can keep whatever thing that you're doing there. And then it has, um, so it has three LFOs over here. It has, um, a sampling hold in the middle. And then it has, um, two VCAs and then, um, and then some offsets over here. So that's the kind Damn. of unique thing that he was building with. I mean, it's pretty dope because in my case right now, um, I'll just go ahead and show you. That case um, is still. Yeah, I have my uh, I have my cockpit right here, um, made by Endorphins. Um, I have my uh, Winter Modular Eloquencer. Shout outs to uh, Lee over there. Um, I got the Felix in the middle because I wanted some more knobs. 
my ER301, um, Distings, which I know that um, my man over there, hate Corey, hates. Um, <laughs> and this, actually, this one's dope. Um, this is something new. I think I showed the crew. Um, this one's made by... Um, back your camera uh, up a bit. Oh, back it up. Can you see it right here? Yeah. Okay, switch. All right, so this is made by um, Acid Rain Technologies, and it's like a... Um, it's like a gate. It's a. It's a. It's kind of like similar to the manual gates, but you can also mix CVs and you can switch between CVs. It's called a switchblade. A little bit more. Dope. Can you see it? Mm -hmm. This, this yeah, joint. Yeah. Now we can see the whole module. Or okay. Okay. Yeah. The whole module. Super. Super dope. Um. But yeah, that that one's Acid Rain Technologies out of um Seattle, and it's their first one. It was only a hundred and twenty dollars. Um, but yeah, this is my setup, man. And, and, and it's, it, I really think that, um, I could kind of call like a beat workstation, a beat machine kind of scenario. And this, mm -hmm. this is it, man. I, I mean, that, yo. it I'm, just has I everything really that I want. That. Yeah. It has yeah, everything dude. I want. So, uh, just some ideas out there. If you want to grab one of these, they're not that much. Um, he builds them made to order. Um, uh, and he does, he hasn't really built that many of these. There's only like, I think like under 20 in existence. Oh, wow. So, so uh, if you want to, and I'm, I think he said I was like the fifth person in the U S to have one. So, yo, it's so dope because I mean, for what you've uh, like, you got just enough space in there to keep it like real simple, a very specific theme in this, <laughs> in this box. You know what I mean? Like, well, yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yo, how can I build a beat machine? Because I think, um, I'm going to put it back. Well, I'll just leave it on there. I think so much in our modular, like we're always constantly changing, taking things out, putting things in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to put a set amount of gear inside of here and I wanted to master it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to make it a machine that I could master and kick out and cook beats. I didn't, I didn't change my last case for like seven years, like for that very reason. Dope. Yeah. That's and the really mastery dope. shows, though. The master and the music shows behind it. I agree. You know what I mean? Because you know those modules yeah. inside and out. Yeah. That set up inside and out. Which is just like you treat it like an instrument, basically, is exactly. what we're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm yeah what is it? What is it they say? They say, like, what if uh what if uh um John Coltrane kept changing his instrument? Exactly. You know, every like <laughs> would he become a master? Would he become a master of it? You know what I mean? I, I quote him, like him and him and yeah, him, Miles Davis and Jimi Hendrix. Like they, they yeah. like, I mean, Coltrane used to sleep with his saxophone. Like they said he would like be asleep and they would hear him breathing like through a saxophone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's dope though. About. That's dope. Yeah. And, and, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's the one thing about modular is like, we're always kind of, yeah, we're always like changing things around, switching things around, the orientation of different things. And I just wanted to make something set and and with those analog tools at the broad bottom, it gives me enough control where it just it really feels like like I'm on an MPC or I'm on some sort yeah. of kind of octatrack or something where I can like really get in and, and get down on a beat. And that yeah. panel at the bottom is dope to have those functions, like to have the joystick and have LFOs. Yeah. Like, those are things so that what you they, what, what they have at the bottom is two joysticks, uh, three uh, LFOs, uh, two, what is it, one sample and hold and noise, plus noise, then two CV processors and two VCAs. 
Yeah, see, so you that that saves you space. It kind of makes sense to have that small form factor when you have that utility panel at the bottom. That's mm-hmm. that's really dope. You said it was what seven hundred or six hundred or what? Yeah, yeah, and that's shipped um to the states. Um, he'll um give you a quote. Like I say, they're made to order, so he'll just uh yeah he'll quote you up on your um. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, actually what is gonna but. I'm talking to uh, Steve Baker over at Ethereal Sun right now. He's the one who made my big case. Um, and I'm having a case built kind of similar to that. But <laughs> for my one euro, I'm going to use Pulp Logic modules. Um, mm. I want to have a whole bunch of individual offset knobs um, and a couple of touch, touch sensors. You're an offset knob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it's kind of a shame that um the mechanism one U this this one U at the bottom isn't um available on its own. But I think he's, he's trying to make make a noise CD um strip is not available just on its own. It's part of the brand of the whole, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whole, like, a, get a, smart, a smart way to grow would be for him to <laughs> to expand that. Right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to see this as as a one U that I could put. I mean, obviously, he'd have to make it longer than ninety five HP, mm. which it is right now. But um, I mean, I'd love to see this as something that a lot of other people can get down with and really get control over. You know, the ER301 is lacking in physical controls. That's why I mm-hmm. have the uh, the Felix over here. And with the mechanism, it just seemed like a perfect match um, to make it work. And then I and I don't know if you guys know, but in the Eloquencer, you could put it into trigger mode where it's almost like you're hitting on pats like uh, yeah, like oh, on wow. the um, Octatrack. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, a, it's a perfect cooking. You could just cook all day on this piece, man. Hell yeah, dude. Straight up. Straight up. That's impressive. Yeah, so I got rid of my um my little eighty four HP joint that I had since the beginning, since like two thousand like thirteen, two thousand yeah, the end of, the end of two thousand thirteen. Um, I finally got rid of that one and um picked this. I mean, it's just sexy. Um, mm-hmm. It's made out of aluminum, super solid, and he ships it pretty fast. What's the what's the power like on it? Oh, the power is perfect. Um, he has his own branded um. I think there's a picture of it on the website of, of the power on there, but I don't remember how many inlets there were on there. Um, but he has his own um, mechanism branded. Um, um, is, board, uh, that's cool. Where is it? Yeah, his boy. You hear me, Aaron? So it's, oh, what'd you say? I said, where is it shipping from? Oh, he's shipping it from Hong Kong, actually. It was, it was crazy because uh-huh. I, I thought the dude was in Japan. When I first um, saw, um, when I first reached out to him, I thought he was in Japan, but um, but yeah, he's in Hong Kong. There was a dude in Hong Kong back in the day. I had an 84 HP case, and it had a utility panel, but it just it was just all multiples. But he was based in Hong Kong. He used to make stuff to order. I wonder if it's the same dude. Yeah, this, this dude's name is Tom- this dude's name is Thomas. Um, he um, I'm I don't know. I've never seen his picture. I don't know if he's American or not, but. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely innovative, and uh, he seems like he's trying to push the envelope with this and make this like a performance case and a composition case. That's cool. So it definitely, it definitely just it makes you want to compose. It makes yeah, you as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Well, that's that's like perfect for 
Just yeah, like it makes you want to. It makes you want to just get in and perform. Get in there perfectly, like exactly. Yeah. Oh, and and it's on that angle too. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, kind of right. That's that. what's dope. Yeah, because the because of the angle that that happens with it. Like, see, I can imagine like right now the way I have my joint set up. I have my iMac sitting up on the stand, which is where my audio interface is, and I keep uh, a keyboard, which now is the MS One Hundred One, sitting in front of that, and then I have my computer keyboard and trackpad. But I could easily see like having something like a mechanism stand sitting between the iMac and my, you know, right there to just be able to compose and dig in. Right. Man, I say say hit him up and get him while he's still making them. I don't know how long he's going to be making them for. Um, Now say your real thing, Aaron. Oh, man, I don't want to put (laughs) Well, here's here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. And and this goes out. Please give the people your philosophy, man. My philosophy is you got (laughs) to... Man, you gotta you gotta copy things, man. You gotta copy things to think about it. The ER three hundred one is made by one dude, one dude in Japan. If he stops making these, that's a wrap. These things are gonna be like three, four thousand dollars. People are gonna love them, right? But at the end of the day, dude, um, if this knob or something break, <laughs> man, it ain't no way to. Re- There's no way to replace it. It's no way to get another one. So man, uh, these these companies, especially modular companies, are held together by like one or two dudes. Um, when you talk about the really small companies, and if you don't get on it, you're gonna miss it. And um, and especially if you don't get on it, um, them and and get in communication with them and keep them alive, you're not gonna be able to get those knob replacements. (laughs) 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 It's gonna be a wrap. It's gonna be a wrap. The switches are gonna go. I'm telling you, man. I love the ER three hundred one. Man, don't jinx it, man. You can. They're dollar twenty five. Replace it yourself. And and you know, if you want to send me three four hundred dollars, I'll replace all the switches for you. Yeah, but (laughs) but that, that encoder though is butter. You know what I mean? The encoder yeah. is butter, and I don't know what it. I don't know what the encoder is. I mean, I haven't taken no. part or anything. But no, is, that's proprietary. I'm sure. Like that's you think it's pro- you really think it's proprietary? Yeah, I mean, most of our well, most of our all of our pots and shit are are, are all to order and make noise. So I would oh, just wow. assume that he would do the same. Like I you get it custom through the through the people. I don't mm. know, but it's through the manufacturer. I'm not going to say the name of the manufacturer. But, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You reach out. It's like through the people. I love it. Through the people. Through the, through the, through the guys. No, through the guys. Yeah, you know. Guy. You know, I think Tony's, if you ask him on the forum, he'll tell you exactly what, what that part is. Like, he's not yeah, like, right, he's right. very active on the forum. And he's, yeah. Like, I'm very happy with my ER301. Like, super happy with that purchase. Yeah. Well, yeah, what me did too. You guys, what did you think, guys? Think about the Percussa, the mini joint that dropped over um, ah. the Black Friday. The, the I may have to. Black... I may have to pick one of those up. I, honestly, <laughs> like I'm trying to talk myself out of it, but I'm like I'm too anxious, like for waiting for this board. I've been I was reading up on the ER301 for the new board that's going to computer processor that's going to clip into the back of the ER301 because. I would rather spend the 500 bucks on a new computer for the ER301 and just get like 10 times the processing power and RAM or whatever. I and it turns out they're Watch. not going to, they're not going to, um, the company that makes that board for one reason or the other, it, the computer is not going to use that pin layout anymore, which for whatever reason they were using it, it was like a standard pin layout for a few generations. And then they just said they're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> um, so does, Brian's going to custom design right. a computer to go on the back of this thing. Once yeah, that, the, the version 1.0 software is out there. You hear me, um, Lee? Yeah, I hear you. What's up? 
I said, I said it doesn't mean that he can't do a retrofit board. Like it would be easy oh, to no. do a pin yeah. layout board and then just yeah. He just have to do it himself is all. But for to to Aaron's point is one dude. So like get that upgrade when it's out there. <laughs> yeah, it's one dude. <laughs> if he dies, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's I, done, right? Yeah. I, I I don't know the 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 MSSP looks cool to me and the fact that they're he's releasing a, a software editor that can run on your Mac or Windows is really really dope. Can you put that on your screen Ken? Um the um I can't. The Kickstarter for I can. that one? Corey can. Yeah, I'll do or, it. But <laughs> I mean, it, I, he it posted a dope. video he posted a video to Facebook this week of the eight voice wavetable oscillator. And yep. it, it, and that it's, dope. it's yeah, it's it's pretty dope for for real. It's doing the things uh and definitely yeah to to what the ER301 can't do honestly, which is eight voice polyphony at the moment. Um but for for 550 though, it's like it's still hard uh, for me cuz no, uh, 301 can definitely do eight voice polyphony. It's just a matter of how it's laid out. So what I'm, I'd like to know, it feels like the ER301 is like a tinkerer's heaven. Not that you can't just, you know, set it and forget it and work with what you work with. But it seems like to me the Picasso is more of a, like, here's the the presets or whatever it is that you're going to use. And it just, you use it. Not necessarily right, right. too deep of a tinkering sort of thing. Of inputs and outputts that the 301 has. So it, it trade-offs in both directions. Um, the, the processing chip in the Percussa is obviously, you know, much faster processor in it. But... The layout, to me, I still prefer the 301, even though the 301 has one knob and then those two screens, and this has four knobs and then that one really nice screen. I still kind of prefer the 301 because the 301, yeah. you can connect up your own 16 knobs or whatever, 16, 17, 18, 19, like 20 knobs you connect to it theoretically and yeah. be good to go. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so to what we were talking about earlier in this conversation where we're like, it doesn't, it, the perfect sequencer doesn't exist all in one box or MPC, like Eurorack is the opportunity for that to exist. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to your point, Absolutely. Ken, Absolutely. it's like you can have the, the tap sequencer, whether it's something like a pressure points or a Doba's TSNM to where it's velocity sensitive pads that you get, you know, they're off the grid rhythms, just mm-hmm. like on an MPC. If you want to work that way, plug right into the yeah. ER301, but then also plugged into the ER301, you can have something like Eloquencer, which is basically like the like the electron style sequencing with conditional triggers per step and all this and that. So like basically how you want to work is is up to you. How, if you want more knobs, you have knobs. You never anymore is it like, damn, I wish Akai would have thought of this, this, yeah. and this. It's like, no, yeah. I wish I had my money together so I could get so more I could go get what I want. <laughs> right. yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely it's taking control of your your system and and i i really think sure i think you would really like the eloquencer because it does because i come from the electron workflow and it's just like it's seamless man it, it's the same concepts are there the same awesome. concepts are there it's amazing the eloquencer. I, find, I find that the 301 what it really gets me doing because i've been slicing up samples on it i've been doing this i've been doing that but the thing that really gets me interested in it is the fact that i'm not limited in modulation 
So if mm. I'm like, like the other day, I was just out of nowhere. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the Amen break and I'm going to modulate the Amen break by the Amen break. While I'm I, just, I saw that. That was really dope. Too. And I was like, and, and I could just do it. And it didn't even take, it took me but like three minutes to do it. Like it took me no amount of time. Like I, I just thought of an idea and I could do it. You know what I mean? And then I, and then that was just one channel of it. And there's four channels. So like, then I was able to lay a baseline underneath of it like that. You know what I mean? And that, base channel was like a completely custom synthesizer that I built inside of it. So that kind of stuff, you know, like I can get people that would be like, Oh, well there's, there's too much menu diving or this, that, and the third, but it's done in such an intuitive way. And so quickly, and you can map it out so quickly that it's, it's really fun to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, but isn't there, um, the outputs don't output CV. That's the only, that's one drawback. It's, it's AC coupled outputs. Hopefully he releases right. and he can, he can make it happen if he chooses to. A he doesn't die. Expander. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? And he doesn't die. <laughs> In those conditions. It could under, the, under those conditions. Right? <laughs> under those conditions. <laughs> oh, that's this is real. Man. No, well, it's it, it's it, definitely it, real. When you start thinking about it, man, you start thinking about these small companies. Mm -hmm. and you don't have nobody to call. My um my AC guy died over the um after oh, after the summer. Don't oh well don't call. even don't even trip. I know the phenomenon, man. I remember um Guys, my tax, you know my tax guy died. Like, don't talk dude, about AC guy dying. on my taxes. Like, oh, no. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was bad. He made a mistake. We went to him. He gave us <laughs> to fix it, and then <laughs> no. the IRS, and then <laughs> IRS was like, "This ain't this. You need this one last thing." And we went back, and his wife was like, "Oh, he passed away when y'all left the next week." <laughs> <laughs> <Dang. laughs> we was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> when the IRS is that question. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this though. Like, as far as the 301, <laughs> at least, I can say that that forum is crazy active and that dude releases updates consistently. And I've been nothing but happy with the support on that side of things. So, yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. But I don't want anybody to die. No, like, nobody. No, 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 no. Nobody's wishing that. I'm just saying, go out and grab it right now. Opportunity is right for the Everybody's healthy, you know. I'm sorry, that's the super most hilarious. You're you're watching. We do not want you to die. No, don't. This is just a thing. Like the fact of the matter is, if you buy something from Arturia, it don't matter if Glenn Darcy works there anymore. Right, because you can <laughs> call them Arturia. That's the that's the thing. So when you that's, got the one man, it. two man shops, you know what I mean. Like like for instance, you know what I mean. You could be caught up in the California wildfires at the point. Then <laughs> exactly, yeah. You got to yeah. wait on all that to happen. Absolutely. Can I just show you guys something real quick? I it's it's sort of on topic, but I just wanted to show you this because uh, you guys got me doing this crap, and it kind of irritates me. But um, <laughs> okay, I mean, y'all got me eBay shopping, and this. Yeah. Is oh no! Rack. This is another one of those rack uh, reverbs that stays on my list. The MPX. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that one. For MPX five hundred. Come on, man! Like that's not. Wow! Like 
and instead people are gonna buy a plug-in but like <laughs> dude like, our heads are on the same plane plane you know by our conversations that we won't talk about on the air here because lee you're gonna be messing up lee's ebay game they killed still's ebay game hard <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still kill- Still killed his own game. He he brought it up. He, yeah, yeah, true. He, true. He brought it up. But they, I'll give you like the rack, the rack gear. Like there is some previously unobtainably expensive gear that mm-hmm. yeah. that existed in in the that the rack mount environment that was that was like five fig four figures. You know what I mean? Crazy. Five figures. Right. Uh, that now you can get for a few hundred bucks if you mm-hmm. got the right eyes open and watch the right YouTube videos to know what's up. And yeah. also, what's making me really appreciate some of those old Risen beats, mm-hmm. they're old, kind of old now, but the earlier 2000s ones, late 90 ones, is like he was performing and programming MIDI on these synthesizers. And yeah. like, it's a, it's a sound, it's a vibe. And I, and I <laughs> it. like, it's, it's different from Wu Tang and it's, it's, it's evolution. Yeah. And that, yeah. and uh, I don't know, I like, I appreciate that anytime people are doing that, their sound. So anyway, yeah, I, I like how we're, we're kind of, <laughs> Even though we're in different areas and all do different things, like our heads are always in the same place. Looking, yeah, it is. Every every time we link up and talk about stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. It's kind of on that same stuff, man. But like, I don't know, I don't know where Kim went, but yeah, we hitting two hour mark, which is I'm not a two hour show in a long time. But wow, it's good chopping it That's up. What's with, up? With, with, that that means That's it's a good conversation. So, yo, we're gonna end it on that note. Anybody got anything they want to plug or any last words they want to leave before we jump off? I do. I, I got one quick thing, and I, because my video is not working, I'm just going to do this real quick, um, just so people can get an idea. So this right here, can you see it? Is it not showing? It doesn't no, it don't show at all. I can't see anything. <laughs> you, you just said your video ain't working, and look at this. <laughs> I know you're like, look at this. <laughs> He's like, look at this. <laughs> By the way, my video's not right. Use your imagination. Use your imagination and pretend I'm showing you something amazing. Uh, <laughs> I got a new, um, I got a new sample pack that's coming out for uh, the MPC uh, format. So any MPC that uses the software, so like the the Ren, the Studio, the X, the Live, all that stuff, the Touch. Um, I'm working on a uh, a multi sampled instrument pack. That if you saw all the synthesizers that were behind me and in front of me, uh, it used all of that. It was made in the past couple months. And uh, so I'm going to try and get that out hopefully by next week. Uh, I, I just finished the last instrument today. So I just got to format it and put it out. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So keep an eye out for the, the latest Flux with it experience uh, MPC, uh, Akai MPC. Word. And just want to add in, uh, Aaron, you mentioned the switchblade and somebody in the chat, uh, Sheik uh, Donnie Brook says, mm-hmm. I've got a pending bid on eBay and just bought a switchblade. This is what I get for tuning in. So, yeah. Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, dude. Um, But you, sh- I, you should be able to get the switchblade uh, straight from the manufacturers. I mean... They're only 120 bucks. Well, he I said mean, he just bought a switchblade, but he's got a oh. pending bid on eBay for something else. He didn't mention oh. what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got you. Okay, okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Well, what about you, Aaron? Anything going um, on? 
You know what? Um, I'm, I'm going to save it for the next show. I'm going to have some more um, details, but I got a couple of records I'm going to be dropping. Um, but they're only going to be available here in the area, um, Chicago area, um, 606 Records and High Park Records. Um, I'm going to give more details on that. It's basically whenever I go over there because the records are already done. But um, <laughs> but um, I'm going to be dropping a couple couple hot joints um, oh. pretty soon. But I, um, next week, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll show it to you and everything like that. Aaron, are you gonna um are you gonna be copping those uh bulletproof hoodies from Sticky Fingers? <laughs> is that a real is that is that really a real thing? Did you guys not see that? The mad face bulletproof hoodies? No, I thought, no, I thought it was a joke. I'm not even gonna no. get into it any further than that. I'll let people research it on their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to bring that one up. Oh, later, I but yeah. just blew up my man's spot. He said, yo, my wife just heard all that. I hope you weren't trying to keep it a secret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> About your bids and your purchases. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> it's like my wife just heard it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you just bought something? <laughs> yo, I just felt a frying pan to the face. <laughs> That's wow. hilarious, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. As we as we move through, uh Lee, you got any uh any any last uh comments or anything you want to leave folks with? Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I was listening to Guru uh, the other day and he said something that kind of stuck with me, which is uh, uh if I get the quote right, uh uh I often find it's easier to give advice than for one to rule their own lives. That's why I try not to get caught up in the hype. And mm. I kind of wanna that really like stuck with me and i kind of want to just say to everyone out there like don't don't think anything don't get caught up in the hype don't get think anything that we're saying is gospel by any means live your own lives do your own thing and uh yeah make make my dad <laughs> make whatever yeah. just make yeah. make art now you done just messed it all up that should have been the closing remarks I, now now i still gotta yeah. go yeah. Home. <laughs> <laughs> I can't follow that shit. I can't follow that shit at all. Damn, I'm seeing a t-shirt behind this kind of thing. Yo, sure <laughs> got but I love it, man. And he's got to generate some kind of serious vibrations right now. <laughs> all right, Shiro, oh, you're up. <laughs> I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> I just got a tape coming out, that's it. Now, I'm dropping a cassette with um, Normandy Falls in January. And um, I'm gonna do my first Digitone um, mod bap, like kind of mod bap sound set. Sound Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Nice. I've been looking for that. I've been looking like, for that one. Capitalism, yeah, capitalism, yeah. capitalism, capitalism, capitalism. <laughs> 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 go, go. So yeah, uh, and as per usual, man, drop by beatpeople.com and cop a kit. I'm I'm behind on kids. I got like a a stack of sample packs that should have been released already and. Like months ago. Yeah, you're right. But I just haven't had the time to finalize them. So I need to make the time to do that like now. So just keep po keep posted up on beatpeople.com. Uh, check out uh, bboytechreport.com for the latest in news and uh, music tech reviews. And uh, yo, check us out next time. <laughs> Beat People podcast episode yeah. one out. Peace. Peace.